Chance encounters can come to define one's life and career. And a chance phone call to an FBI agent who it was rumored had investigated the murder of hip-hop superstar Biggie Smalls was definitely a turning point in my investigation into why the LAPD had still not solved the murder. And more importantly, were LAPD officers involved in orchestrating the sinister homicide. This one phone call to FBI agent Phil Carson was a turning point in the impetus to record season one of the dossier, which here at Criminal Minded Media, we are re-releasing the director's cut of the first season. Now, season one is a long journey into the world of Phil Carson and his epic tale of not only solving the murder of Biggie, but how powerful individuals inside the LAPD, the city attorney's office of Los Angeles, and the United States attorney ultimately shut down his very legitimate FBI investigation that was all-encompassing. Many people in the TV and audio business wondered, how could I yet again tell a story of the murder of Biggie? What they stupidly didn't realize is that the dossier was the forgotten narrative of an FBI agent who can never talk until he retired, wherein he felt the need to explain piece by piece what happened the night Biggie was murdered, but more importantly, what happened after. In the director's cut of the dossier, not only will you hear the original episodes, you will get exclusive and bonus content of my personal investigation and uncut audio interviews with the motley crew of characters that inhabited the atmosphere of the LAPD cover-up. The murder of Biggie is one story. What has transpired behind the walls of the LAPD in order to hide the secrets and information pertaining to this killing is a whole other ordeal. Well, I got the Life After Death double CD dropping March 25th, and I just I just want my spot back. You know, I chilled, came out with the Ready to Die. Everybody was feeling it. You know what I'm saying? And I rested for two years, worked on the Junior Mafia. Lil Kim, now it's time for me to come do my thing. They got into their cars. Pulled, pulled onto the street where at a stoplight out front the museum and a car drove up, stopped right next to Biggie's and the gunman stuck his arm out the window and opened fire. Biggie was shot five times. I mean, the, the door was just sprayed. 
Puffy Combs and the rest of his entourage decided to take Biggie straight to the hospital rather than wait for an ambulance. Although they made it to the hospital in just a few minutes, it was too late. Less than an hour after the shooting, Notorious B.I.G. was pronounced dead. There were dozens of bystanders on the sidewalk waiting for their cars to be brought out by valet parking. Almost none of them was able to give a good description of the gunman. It's almost odd that there weren't good witnesses when there were hundreds of people standing around. It was a lone gunman, had a bow tie uh, and a suit on. But other than that, everything was pretty sketchy. Well, many times in murder investigation, witnesses are reluctant to come forward and tell what they know or what they observe. So I quite frankly think there is a possibility that there are people out there that uh, saw and may know what happened that have not come forward. On March 9, 1997, hip-hop superstar Biggie Smalls was executed in Los Angeles. Shortly after the murder, individuals at the LAPD knew that dirty cops were involved. For the last 23 years, the LAPD, City of Los Angeles, and the LA Times have covered up information and investigative leads that would bring justice to Valletta Wallace and her family. You're now listening to episode one of the dossier, the LAPD cover-up of the murder of Biggie Smalls. If you ask anyone, they would know that hip-hop superstars Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur were both murdered. They would also know that even though both of them were gunned down in front of many witnesses, that their murders remain unsolved. To clarify here, there are two main theories on who killed Biggie. First, ex-LAPD detective Russell Poole, whose case was based on police corruption inside the LAPD. This was depicted in Nick Broomfield's 2002 documentary, Biggie and Tupac. Secondly, ex-LAPD detective Greg Cading's theory that gang members killed Biggie in retaliation for the murder of Tupac Shakur less than a year earlier. This theory was made into a scripted TV series on the USA Network, starring Josh Dumel as Greg Kading, named Unsolved. My investigation picks up where these two left off with FBI agent Phil Carson of the FBI's LA Field Division. The lies that were told in this case are so big that many people involved have not only profited from it, but have also used red herrings to escape justice, setting in motion an avalanche of rumors and conspiracy theories. When Tupac was shot and killed, it really resonated that things are really dangerous. You heard the same things we all heard at the time in the press, that one side was involved in the death of the other side, and then they came back and retaliated. There were so many rumors and things for years. You know, I was more concerned just about the well-being of of my artists and and also myself and my family. Do you stop and think, Sean, about what Biggie would be doing today, 20 years later, where his career would be, who he would be alongside you? It's incomplete, you know, without him being there. And it makes you wonder, like, how would this concert be, you know, if he was here? Like, how would, where would, what direction would rap go in? Late one night, 18 months ago, I was digging through files on a public FBI website 
regarding the murder of Biggie Smalls. I noticed a name kept popping up. It was FBI agent Phil Carson of the LA Field Division. I sent a blind email, an email I never thought would be answered. I was used to getting shut down many times trying to figure this story out, but I felt I had a new lead. Phil not only responded, he told me he knew who killed Biggie, who covered it up, and why the murder remained unsolved. He also told me that his career was nearly ruined in his search for the truth. You've seen all the movies and documentaries. You've read all the books and articles. You may even think you've heard it all. I'm here to tell you, you haven't heard it all. Any story that you've heard today is the product of misinformation delivered from the LAPD and the Los Angeles Times. Now you'll hear the story, the real story, from FBI agent Phil Carson, the only federal agent to investigate the murder of Biggie Smalls. Many believe the murder was part of an East Coast-West Coast rap war and a dispute between Shakur and this man, a one-time friend named Christopher Wallace. Made famous with his hits like Big Papa, Wallace, a New York rapper, was known as Biggie Smalls or Notorious B.I.G. There had been an ongoing public feud between Biggie's record label Bad Boy Entertainment, run by Sean Puffy Combs, and L.A.'s Death Row Records, run by Suge Knight, which represented Tupac. Let me back up in order to go forward. My name is Don Sikorsky. I'm a documentary filmmaker by trade. Thirteen years ago, I directed a film called Rap Sheet, Hip Hop and the Cops. In that film, I found a 500-page secret dossier that the NYPD, the FBI, and the U.S. Attorney put together that included surveillance documents of all your favorite rappers. Jay-Z, Tupac, Biggie, Busta Rhymes, Little Kim, and 50 Cent. This book and film was the start of a long journey investigating the nexus of hip-hop and crime. The murders of Biggie and Tupac have always been a subject I've wanted to investigate. I just needed a new lead. I was driving in the hills of Los Angeles on August 22nd at about 8.43 p.m. when my cell phone rang from a blocked number. I pulled over to the side of the road as FBI agent Phil Carson introduced himself. LAPD, all the way to the very, very fucking top. Knew exactly what was going on. They briefed on certain stuff. I met with them. And for them to say anything of the difference, and I could prove to you that they not only knew, but how they obstructed this case, and how they tried, they, they completely derailed it. And it's it, it, it hard for me to even explain how just amazing it is what they did and I don't even think that it, and I know that for a fact that stuff is not in the document you're talking about three major entities the upper brass LAPD 
the lead attorneys for the city of Los Angeles in a $500 million civil lawsuit and a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist for the LA Times all in bed basically with the devil. Let me be clear about something. The story I will tell here is about as complex and intricate as it gets. It also involves a list of names from the LAPD, the city attorneys for Los Angeles, gangsters, and dirty cops. These names are the names of the individuals who conspired to cover up the murder of Biggie Smalls. Marcus is a strong dude, Joe. I know Duke, you know what I'm saying? Very He's real strong. So when it was Very like he got shot, I was just more like, again? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He always getting shot or shot at. He gonna pull through this one again, make a few records about it, right. and it's gonna be over, you know right. what I'm saying? But when he when he died, I was just like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? Kind of took me by... And even though we was going through our drama, I would never wish death on nobody, you know what I'm saying? Because ain't no coming back from that. Back from that. Early on, when I'm briefing my bosses and I'm telling them about, you know, the operations that I'm doing and the evidence that I'm gathering, they're having a real hard time digesting that that people of their own level at LAPD would actually go to the lengths that they were going to to cover up and obstruct what I was trying to do. Interesting, Phil, though, is the FBI didn't do anything wrong at all. Let me make sure I'm 100% clear here. The FBI and my bosses did nothing to obstruct me from making this case. They supported me 100%. It was every time that I had to brief Deputy Chief Burko and leaks happened, and then I would have to tell my bosses, or they would read about these leaks in the LA Times, it became apparent to them that, yes, these leaks were coming from LAPD then. But the FBI did absolutely nothing wrong in this case. If I make this case... The relationship between the FBI and the LAPD is going to be seriously strained, and in particularly regarding some of the task forces that both the FBI and the LAPD are part of. What you have to understand is that Biggie's mom filed a civil lawsuit against the LAPD and the city of Los Angeles for wrongful death, alleging the LAPD cover-up of police involvement in Biggie's death. This civil suit was filed by the family in 2002, almost 18 years ago. If her lawyers were able to prove police involvement, it was estimated that the damages would be in upwards of $500 million. This number was calculated by a financial expert's projections on Biggie Small's career earnings had he not been murdered. I just seen the car just roll up and just start shooting in there. One dude in the car by itself. You know what I'm saying? I was sitting outside the window. You know, I was looking out the window and the car just rolled up, stopped right there. On the angle of us and started shooting the car. He only shot through Big door. You know? Whoever did it, they had to see all that. And they had to plan it. It happened too good. And it was, it was, a, it was police out there. They, they shut the party down from a fire drill. So it was police there. After the Biggie death, you know, I had spoke to a couple of police and I saw a couple of pictures that they had when they was watching us. They were showing me pictures of me, asking me who I'm, who is that? And I'm telling them that's me. FBI was following him. Were they following him here in New York City? Up there in California? Everywhere he was going? Why? I would like to know 
why. Miss Wallace would like to know why. If FBI was following my son, where were they that night my son was shot? And why is it, if they weren't there, why is it that moment, that night, they were taken off? Those are questions that needed to be looked into. Those are investigations that need to be looked into. The murder is as is, is horrible as it is. It's the cover-up and the obstruction by the higher-ups at those three major entities, the LAPD, the LA Times, and the LADA's office, which to me makes the cover-up almost as worse as the crime, or even worse than the crime. And that's why I knew one day, you know what? I'm tired of hearing all these bullshit stories that are just wrong. They are. They're wrong. And I had the evidence... And I could prove that they were wrong, and I could prove how this actually went down, who was involved, who orchestrated the cover-up, and most importantly, the people that orchestrated the cover-up and why they orchestrated the cover-up. The most interesting part of Phil's story is that he had no prior knowledge or cared so much of who Biggie was or why he was killed. The reason that Phil decided to investigate the murder is that he had worked prior investigations of corrupt LAPD cops. The first was the Rampart police scandal. Rampart is a police precinct that started an anti-gang unit called Crash. The officers in the Crash unit that included David Mack and Rafael Perez were charged with crimes such as planting evidence, narcotic sales, extortion, and bank robbery. This scandal was arguably the most controversial police scandal ever in the LAPD's history. Phil's investigations were things that you would see in a movie like Training Day. These cases led him to the Biggie case. Today we have filed the first criminal prosecution arising from the LAPD corruption scandal. We expect there will be additional prosecutions. Our special prosecution team has one mission, to get to the very bottom of the LAPD corruption scandal. There have been many credible witnesses who gave the LAPD information on the murder of Biggie. One of those witnesses is a former security guard for both Tupac and Suge Knight. His name is Kevin Hackey. Here's audio of Kevin Hackey being interviewed by documentary filmmaker Nick Broomfield. His film, Biggie and Tupac, released in 2002 was very close to uncovering the truth at that time. A cop doesn't want to be in limelight, you know. Everything is about, you know, authority, power, being in control. So, I mean, everybody wants to be around money. Everybody wants to be around, you know, women. That's the nature of the badge. There's certain documentations which indicate certain people who were involved all along, certain people... In the killing of Biggie. I would say that'd be a true statement, okay? There's certain people within the DA's office who've known about these things all along. Now, whether or not someone's actually going to pinpoint that an actual ex-officer killed Biggie, I don't know if they'll ever be able to prove that. But as far as the person who actually did the shooting, as far as I'm concerned, I believe, I believe probably within um, 24 hours or even 
two weeks max, I could have a person in custody, guaranteed who the person is. Okay, and LAPD has known this all along. There's so much more stuff, and just the stuff that I was exposed to, I felt, as my bosses did, there was enough for an indictment. What happens if you start taking all these other documents that are, they've got to be out there somewhere. You take all those documents now and add it to what's already been done in this case, yeah, you make this case. But is this city ready to accept that, you know, these officers were involved in orchestrating and pulling off this murder, especially in, in the world that we're living in today? It's pretty clear that Mac and Perez were there that night at the Peterson. You're correct. The theory that the LAPD wants to hide and cover up is real simple. See, LAPD officers David Mack and Rafael Perez were at the scene of Biggie's murder, and they orchestrated it with a hitman named Amir Muhammad. I asked Phil if both David Mack and Rafael Perez were present the night Biggie was murdered. He answered that I was correct. The LAPD, the city attorneys for Los Angeles, along with LAPD's Robbery Homicide Division, have gone to great lengths to make sure they don't investigate this. If anyone comes close to the truth, they shut them down. And to be honest, it's worked. Their power and influence has managed to cover this up. Phil understood who did it, and he also had the proof of it in writing inside FBI documents. It's definitive proof, and it's backed up by other people. I put it this way. I talked to every. Do you see, are there copies of interviews of when I've talked to, uh, to, to, uh, to Sean Combs and to all of his entourage and other people and stuff? Is that all part of that Freedom of so, Information so, Act? Yeah, so, so most of it is. Okay. You know, I could gather, I think you probably talked to Eugene Deal a lot. Um, yeah. I think the thing for me is Damian Butler puts Mac outside the Peterson with his lawyer. No? Meaning he's interrogated and he says something like they show him a picture of Mac and he puts, he, or a, a six pack and he picks out Mac. Eugene Deal was Puffy's security that night. For 20 years, he has been very clear that he saw Amir Muhammad kill Biggie. Damian D-Rock Butler, Biggie's best friend, was in the car the night Biggie got killed and was also a witness. We need to, we need to go. We need to, because uh, it's, it's, it's pretty intricate and, it'll, and you're on the right track and it'll all make sense. And it'll basically, there's, cause there's even stuff that's more damning, again, like I said, regarding LAPD and what they did. And it's not even, like I said, it's, just, it's not a he said, she said. It's just, it isn't. And it'll all make sense. Honestly, what's, what started this whole thing, Don, was I'm watching a documentary on the Biggie Smalls murder on TV one day. And I'm looking at this, I'm going like, hold it. 
that's not correct because this is what I know. And I said, this, you know what? I know what's going on here. And I went in the next day to my boss. It's honest to God true. And I sat down and I said, guys, this is what, this is, these are the cases that I've done. And this is the information. This is how it ties into Biggie Smalls thing. And they're looking at this going like, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and run with it. And so I did. So Phil, this stuff must have been eating at you for a little bit, though. I mean, this is heavy stuff. You have no idea. It, it, It didn't just eat at me for a little bit. It, uh, it tore me apart pretty good. There's some things that went on, let's just say, late at night, this and that. Things got to a point where I'm speaking to our higher-ups, and I said, you know what, guys? This is my reputation we're dealing with now. You know, you know what, Phil? The way that I look at it, and I don't know if I'm being altruistic, there's a mother and a kid that was killed. And absolutely, at the end of the day, you know, listen, and I, I don't know if I said this to you in the course of me digging this stuff over the last like three or four months, I have never in my life seen grown men afraid to tell the truth as much as I have in this fucking situation. That's unbelievable. Yeah, no, you're right. 100% correct. You're 100% correct. The dead kid and a mother that just asked for a few answers. And that's the way that I look at it. And I, I'm, I, I continually wake up every day and am astonished at literally grown men that would rather lie than tell the truth for whatever reason. And I think the way they looked at it, because this was brought up, is they thought of it as like, okay, you know what? So there's there's a 400-pound a, a black rapper drug dealer that's dead. Who cares? Let's go ahead and just keep everything else status quo and nothing bad happened under any of our watch and nobody's going to be held accountable for this. So, so there's one dead body. You know what? Oh, well, that shit happens, I guess. Now, I'm not saying that. I don't agree with that, by the way. But that's the mentality that I was up against. And that's why I'm saying maybe I'm kind of glad that I was just full of piss and vinegar during that time where I just, I didn't care. FBI agent Phil Carson answered without any doubt who killed Biggie and that LAPD officers were involved. The question I asked myself is how did this happen? How did the FBI allow this to happen? How did the city of Los Angeles and the LAPD cover this up to this day? DJ when I was doing the Ready to Die thing and everything like that, I, I was already dead to me. You know what I'm saying? All that anger, all that hatred coming out in the music. And then with all the rumors and nobody really basically giving me props. Like, not really props. They gave me props as far as the music, but props as far as, like, yo, here's a black young dude right here that came out of selling drugs, robbing people, to just doing something right and making his mother proud, you know what I'm saying? Instead of somebody giving me love like that, they immediately start hating. This season on The Dossier, the LAPD cover-up of the murder of Biggie Smalls. 
My name is Phil Carson. I was an FBI agent in the L.A. field office for just over 20 years. Phil, you're telling me Chuck Phillips, the journalist at the L.A. Times, was in bed with the LAPD and printing false stories to further this cover-up? No, because one incident, when he told me about the Biggie murder, we had been drinking. Biggie's song came on the radio, and he was like, oh, man, fuck that, that dude. I'm like, man, you don't like this? I mean, what, this is one of the best, biggest, you know, best rappers in the world. He's like, man, you know, fuck that guy. Then his whole board came. He was like, hey, you know, I was there the night he was killed. Reopen the case. Look at the evidence. Look at the obstruction. Hidden files. Look at what happened in the civil suit. The civil suit got dismissed because LAPD was hiding files in robbery homicide. And from my understanding, it's not just a few files. Sanchez is pulling out two business cards. So I said, what are those two business cards, Mr. Sanchez? And he says, these are the two guys that told me not to come today and testify, otherwise I get shanked. These two cards belonged to two members of the Rampart Task Force that was developed to get to the bottom of the scandal and the corruption in LAPD, and they were a part of it. They're supposed to be investigating it, and here they were, participants in it. This deposition is taking place at Manhattan State Prison. Sir, would you state your name? It was Mario Hamlin. And when did you begin assisting the FBI as it relates to death row records? Anywhere from 93 to 96. And you had indicated that you gave them a photograph or photographs, and you named a number of different people. Yes. And did any of those photographs show pictures of David Mack? Yes. Did any of those photographs show pictures of David Mack with Shook Knight? Yes. Did any of those photographs show David Mack, Amir Muhammad, and Shook Knight? Yes. Jackson, last time Psycho Mike finds out when Amir is going to be home, and Amir comes to the door. And Psycho Mike starts talking about the Biggie Smalls murder. You, you would think if some stranger came up to your door and knocked on it and said, remember that murder that we were involved in or that you committed? We got to get our story straight. If you had nothing to do with it, you were not going to sit there and have a conversation with a guy for one minute. But they basically said that it's not worth solving a murder of a 400-pound dead black rapper who was a cocaine dealer to solve that murder and ruin all these task forces. That might be the most horrible thing you could say and that I've heard. This case, I started in 2002, I believe it was, or 2003, and it wrapped up a few years later, okay? I didn't retire until over a decade later. But I'm not going to go out there and spew all this stuff and cause myself problems, cause the FBI problems, cause LAPD problems, because you know what? That's not how the FBI works. That's not how I work. The case was put together. A prosecutive report was put together. I knew I was going to have a story to tell someday, and that day is today now. If that document that you just read gets into the right hands... It will not only make this case, it will cause a shitstorm that this city has never seen.